This is Toastcaster, your communication, leadership, and learning lab with your host, Greg Gazin. Episode 113, Top 3 Pro Tips for a Virtual Stage or When Presenting Online. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of Toastcaster, the Learning Lab, where we try different things. Sometimes they work. Sometimes, well, they might need a little tweaking. But nonetheless, we progress. So let's get started. I'm sure you'd agree that the right stage presence can make or break a performance, regardless as to whatever words are coming out of your mouth. Agree? But what about offstage presence? Now, this thought came floating into my mind not that long ago, as I was asked to prepare a five-minute pro tip for our GoPro speakers meeting. Now that night, the theme was stage presence. All the things you would do or not do on stage that would turn an average performance into, let's say, a great one or a better one. Now earlier that week, I'd been on a webinar, and I pondered how much better the experience could have been had the presenter been more cognizant that the fact that his audience wasn't sitting in front of him but rather in front of a screen. Most of them probably in the comfort of their own homes. They're probably multitasking and probably faced with other distractions as well. Now, if you think about the term offstage presence, it sounds sort of like an oxymoron, doesn't it? So why don't we change that or let's replace the offstage or online or even better, why don't we call it virtual stage presence? And if you think about it, it's probably something pretty important to consider because it's becoming a lot more commonplace. We're doing a lot more virtual presentations or participating in a lot more virtual presentations than face-to-face as we had done in the past. I'm thinking back, must be a decade or so ago, I was a regular presenter at the Business Link in Edmonton. It's a small business center. Now there I would do workshops, seminars, training, lunch and learns, etc., etc. When I presented... Most of the people were in front of me. However, there were some people attending remotely. They were attending by this very expensive piece of technology called the video conference, but they too were scattered in a room somewhere else. Interestingly enough, today the business lake no longer has a training room, and it's been pretty much replaced with a webinar studio. And for the live presentations that they do have, they partner with external sources for the occasional face-to-face events. This whole thing kind of made me think. As professional speakers or trainers or communicators, and even through Toastmasters, we tend to train to rehearse for the podium, for the platform, for the live stage, and not really the virtual world or screen in front of us. Now, some of us are probably thinking, hmm, yes, I participated in some of those, I presented in some of those, and you might think, oh, I wish I could have a do-over. I mean, you could be doing different things. You could be presenting a talk, a webinar, doing an interview, or even being recorded on a podcast or anything else that's likely being recorded while you're sitting in front of your computer. So if that's the case, I'd like to share with you a few tips today, and I'd like to share them in three areas that you might want to consider for your offstage or virtual environment and things that you might want to pay attention to. The first thing you want to think about is the audio. Now, I'm not specifically referring to your verbiage or what you'll be saying, but rather what people will be hearing. To do so, think about what the mic is picking up. Are you too close? 
Are you too far? Are you too far off to the right? Are you too far off to the left? Are you talking too loud? Are you talking too soft? It's something that you want to test out ahead of time. You also want to know where your microphone is, right? Because it might be hidden on your computer. And also figure out where its sweet spot is, the place where the sound is optimal. And that's going to change depending on the type of microphone you're using. And again, if you're using a built-in mic on your laptop, where is it? Something you got to think about. Now, if you speak too loud, if you're on stage, it's probably not too, too much of a problem. But in a virtual presentation, if you speak too loud or you're too close to the mic, that can actually cause distortion. Now, quite often you can adjust the volume through hardware or software, but if it's being recorded and it's distorted, then you're going to be out of luck. There's no way you can really fix that. You could tweak it a little bit, but it's never really going to sound great. If you're too far away, people may not be able to hear you. Now, again, you might be able to adjust the volume. They might be able to adjust the volume at their end. But if you're really far away from the mic, then chances are the mic may pick up some unwanted noise. Now, speaking of noise, you also want to be aware of the sounds that are around you. Just stop and listen for a moment. Now, while you might not be able to do anything about the outside street noise, you might want to think about the fact that you might have a printer nearby that's printing. You may have a ceiling fan that's going, right? Can you temporarily turn that off? And in my case right now, I've switched off the furnace. Or, depending on where you are, perhaps your air conditioning. Now, sometimes these things you can't do much about. So if you are doing a recording other than a live stream, right? If it's live, there's not much you can do about it. Record some of that noise at the beginning. If you hear a fan going above you, record that at the beginning with nothing else. You might actually be able to filter that out during the editing process. The other thing you need to do is be careful about tapping the mic, tapping the table, rustling papers, right? And then, of course, beware of the squeaky chair. And if you decide you need to take a sip of water or a drink of coffee, maybe just turn away from that as well. It's also probably not a great idea to have liquids too close to your computer anyway. When thinking about audio, ask yourself, do you want your presentation to be memorable because of your words of wisdom? Or do you want your presentation to be memorable because your listeners heard the neighbor's cats fighting? If that's a regular occurrence, maybe you need a different mic or you need to record at a different location. Now, of course, as for your own delivery, like any stage presence, you want to remember to ensure that you integrate some form of vocal variety, the rate at which you speak, the pitch, the tone, the pause. And of course, with volume, you need to try to keep it within that range so you're not introducing too much noise or introducing too much distortion. But don't worry. It might seem unnatural at first doing this in a sitting position, but after a while, you'll get used to it. And if you listen back to your recordings, you'll find that it will make a difference. And of course, all of this is even more critical if you're doing audio with no visual, right? Because people have no other reference point except for the audio. You might want to keep in mind that in general, people can forgive bad video, but probably not bad audio. So the next step in number two, and you've probably already guessed it, is yes, think about the video. What are people going to see? Now, it does have some common traits to audio, but the visual aspect is a bit different. First and foremost, think about the lighting. Is your room too dim, too bright? You guessed it. There's no need to elaborate on that. 
If there are windows in the room, make sure that when you do a test, the light coming through will be the same. Because you might do your test in the morning, but you're not presenting until later in the day. You want to think about that as well. If you're recording video on a regular basis or doing presentations online on a regular basis with video, then you might want to invest in some LED lighting. You can go online to Amazon, look at something like cowboy lighting, or you might even have a lamp at home that just might do the job. Whatever it is, just try it and see how it works. Just like audio, you need to ask yourself, where's the camera? Now, on most laptops, they're at the top, just above the screen. Although I've just discovered that there are some that are at the bottom. Now, let's think about this for a moment. Where are you looking right now? you're probably looking at the screen, right? Think about times when you've watched a presentation. How often does it look like the person presenting is looking up into La La Land or looking down at the floor, maybe looking off to the right, to the left? They're not focusing on where the camera is. Sometimes it's going to be a fine balance because you want to be able to maybe have access to your notes or your screen. You may not be able to look straight forward ahead all the time, but you need to keep it in mind. You need to keep it into perspective because... If you can't keep people's attention, if they think you're looking elsewhere, they're probably going to be looking elsewhere too. Another thing when it comes to video is seeing what's behind you. What's behind you? Is it distracting? Is it something on the shelf that people are looking at? I know I love to look at people's books on the back of their shelves when they're presenting because it's kind of interesting. Or is there something maybe people shouldn't be seeing, right? I've also seen webinars where in the corner you can see kids playing in the back in the crib, or perhaps there's a TV on. That too can actually be distracting. I actually saw that one recently on the Business News Network where they were interviewing one of the individuals, and you can see that there was an individual at his desk that was, you know, scratching his head and moving his coffee cup. It's actually kind of funny, but again, it took my attention away from the speaker. Also with that said, think about your positioning. How much of you do you want people to see? There's different thoughts. People have different points of view on it. Personally, I like to be, for the most part, centered in the window with the top of my head a little closer to the top, but not right at the top. Because if I move up, then it's going to cut off my forehead. I also like to leave a little viewing area so that people are able to see some of my gestures. Don't have to. It's entirely up to you, but just keep that in consideration. So that's video. And finally, the third key to great virtual presentations is something that you may or may not think about or may not have thought about. It's body language. Those facial expressions, those gestures, and even some body movements. Interestingly enough, when people are sitting in front of their screens, they often forget to use their body language, right? That little smile, that frown, that raising of the eyelids, the movement of the body. We all know that they too tell a story and they impact your message typically add impact to the message. Now, sometimes I find that when people are presenting virtually, they often go to the extreme. They'll either be sitting like a statue, mouth poised in front of the mic, staring directly at the screen. Other cases, (laughs) you see people bouncing around like Tigger, like the Tasmanian devil. They're waving their arms, they're swiveling in their chair and bouncing and rolling around. Now, interestingly enough, as presenters, we're often told to exaggerate our gestures when we're on the stage, right? Make them big, make them present. And to some extent, the opposite really holds true when you're sitting in front of the screen. Your appendages are closer, and so the movement will be amplified. You also want to 
watch your posture as well. Because is someone going to take you seriously if it looks like you're just slouching? Now, you might be thinking that, ah, I'm only doing audio, so body language isn't a concern. But is it? Think about the last time you spoke to someone on the phone. Do you think you could hear a smile through the phone? Most people will answer yes. And even if you don't have video, you can still do the gestures if you want. And in fact, I encourage it. You'll find that sometimes your body movement and your facial expressions will create a subtle inflection of your voice. You'll find that that acts as an amplifier for your body. It'll also be a bit more natural for you, especially if you're, you're used to speaking on the stage. So you want to use that body language. And finally, here's a little bonus tip. We'll call it number four. Record yourself. And for screens, I'd highly recommend recording yourself using Zoom. Now, if you don't use Zoom on a regular basis, they actually have a free plan that offers up to 40 minutes if you're doing a group presentation and unlimited time when you have one or two people, including yourself, on the call. You can even record it by creating a Zoom call and there could be nobody else at the other end. The great thing is, is that you'll get both a video recording, video with audio, and you'll also get an audio file. And that's something that you can listen to and review or watch and review and see what you're doing well and see where you need to improve. So to wrap up this episode, I want you to keep in mind that stage presence stretches beyond the physical stage. When presenting online, think about the audio, what people are hearing. Think about the video, what people are seeing and all that's around you and behind you. And finally, use just the right amount of body language, especially that huge smile. I guarantee it'll come through to your audience, even if people can't see you. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. Once again, this is Greg Gazin. We appreciate you tuning in. Now, I'm not sure how you joined us, whether you joined us through directly through Toastcaster.com or iTunes, but either way, you can pick up the podcasts there. If you really enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate if you took a moment to leave us some feedback on iTunes because it really helps with our ratings. Plus, also feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what types of things you're interested in, what your Toastmaster specialty is, or what kinds of things you like to speak about. And perhaps maybe we'll even have you on the show. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. This episode was sponsored by Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies. A new book by Greg Gazin, geared to ages 8 to 80. Whether you want to improve your speaking skills or build your confidence, this short read is suitable for all ages. It's available at outsmartingthebutterflies.com.